And welcome to the very first episode of the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, and I'm joined by my co-host, the one and only Aaron Varola. Hey, what's going on, guys? Ooh, I'm excited about today. So, uh, Aaron, <laughs> we're really doing this thing. We really are, you know. Um, it's uh, I think it's long overdue, man. It's about time that we started to get our own little thing going here. And um, I know a couple of people have been asking... Um, for us to do a, a podcast, a show, so here we are. Yeah, and we got to give a got to give a shout out to our boy Tavo, who really um, he he's been a, a supporter of this uh, since before it was a thing. Um, <laughs> basically, pushing us to uh, or encouraging us to uh, to make this happen. So, so Tavo, if uh, you're eventually listening to this, uh, it's happening. So. Tavo, this one is for you, man. Thank you so much for uh, for having our backs and for pushing us to do this. Um, uh, we appreciate the support, and, and hopefully, you know, we'll continue to to gain some more love and some some more supporters as we uh, continue on this endeavor because uh, it's it's exciting already and it's just getting started. Yeah, and I guess just before we also get into all the uh, the stuff we're going to talk about, a couple of uh, people to thank. Um, I got to thank Paul. Crockett of PWInsider.com. He uh, he hosts a show on that website called The Foreign Aces, uh, amongst other duties he does there. And he's also a play-by-play voice for Beyond Wrestling. He uh, was a big help. It's been a long time since I've done anything like this. And he helped out a lot with the technical aspects of uh, getting this thing up and running. So uh, thanks to Paul. And, uh, and I guess we also have to thank uh, Mario Francisco Robles, the um, the editor in chief and co-founder of Revenge of the Fans, and the the host of the Elf Fanboy podcast, co-host of Revengers podcast, because it it's cliche to say, um, you know, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be here right now. But it, I mean, we literally would not be doing this right now if it wasn't for him, because we wouldn't know each other. Seriously, yeah, I mean. Um, you know, Mario definitely um, was was the the sort of bug that uh, that that bit me at least um, on this whole podcasting front. So you know, super super appreciative um, of the opportunities that he's been able to give. You know, both of us because I know both of us have contributed uh, to Revenge of the Fans, but um, more so you know in sort of connecting us because it was uh, not too long ago that uh, that Chris and I got a chance to meet for the first time at the. Uh, um, watch party for Justice League yeah. um, back in November. So, and we had been chatting, you know, quite a lot on on Twitter and and sort of giving our thoughts about, you know, entertainment news and fanboy gossip and this and that. And uh, it was really, um, you know, sort of Mario's. Um, it was all on Mario for for getting us together and, and actually getting us to to get to know one another. So, uh, Mario, hopefully you're listening. Thank you so much um, for connecting us and for and for you know building this, helping us build this thing as well because um, it's all it's all thanks to you, dude. Yeah, definitely the biggest thanks uh, to MFR. And who knew that uh, most people would have gone to Justice League and said I give up, but we, <laughs> we went to Justice League and we're like we need to keep this going and make this happen. So <laughs> yeah, and 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 we've been at uh, you know we've been together for many other watch parties. Um, you know, we we did the Ready Player One um, uh, watch party not too long ago, and then uh, <clears throat> Avengers: Infinity War, which I will just leave right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that'll be a nice way to transition into the first topic, uh, which is Avengers: Infinity War. And I mean, everybody's obviously talking about it, but it's it's basically impossible to ignore at this point, um, especially if we're doing a show like this because uh, it's making a couple of bucks. Um, a couple of bucks. A couple of bucks. It's, uh, I mean, <laughs> $1.6 billion through the first three uh, three weeks of release for this movie. Um, and uh, a lot of people are saying it's got a, a very strong chance to eventually do $2 billion, uh, or maybe just fall, you know, a little bit short of $2 billion, which is just insane. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's sitting in on, what, its third week yeah. uh, since release, and... Uh, you know, it's gonna have it's gonna face some stiff competition this weekend, um, likely with Deadpool dropping, um, and then Solo shortly thereafter, and the Memorial Day holiday. Um, but um, you know, just for the short short you know period of time, short amount of time that this uh, this movie's been in the in the uh, in theaters, it is doing gangbusters, and um, 
<clears throat> I think what's more impressive is that uh, this is the third Avengers movie, the third MCU Avengers movie that has broken a billion dollars. Um, so the first Avengers did that way back in 2012, and then Age of Ultron, uh, you know, a couple of years after that, and now and now you've got the Infinity War. So uh, they are definitely printing their own money over at uh, at Disney when it comes to you know the the box office uh, success of the uh, of the you know MCU. It's 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 ridiculous to think about how much money. Uh, Marvel Studios has been able to turn out for for Disney. It, yeah. It's unfathomable. It's crazy, and and Civil War also did over a billion, and and a lot of people believe that you know basically that was like Avengers two point five. Um, so right. yeah, I mean they have uh, they're on an incredible roll. Needless to say, I mean that's like an understatement right now. But you know if you look at the, I'm putting it into perspective, Avengers Infinity War is already the highest grossing MCU movie of all time. Yeah. It's the highest grossing superhero movie of all time. And and I'm not one who I'm not a big believer in the whole like adjusted for inflation stuff and that that can be a topic for an entirely <laughs> different podcast because I, I have my issues with that concept of adjusting for inflation. I mean, I get it, but I don't. Um but anyway, it's the highest grossing MCU film, highest grossing superhero film of all time. And it I mean, if you look at the it's already number 5 right now as far as all-time films period and it's still yeah. obviously still uh climbing the charts but and look at the china numbers i mean china right now it, it had the highest opening of any you know u.s release in china it did like 200 million first weekend and it it really isn't dropping very much i mean it, it did like another like 17 million i think last night uh mm-hmm. in china that the china numbers are insane uh, this thing is, uh, there were some people who, not that anybody questioned that this thing was going to be a, a huge success, but there were some people that were wondering, like, how big would this be because of the fact that, you know, it was going to be a little darker, it was most likely not going to have a happy ending, and there were some people that were questioning, you know, was this going to have the rewatchability factor, mm-hmm. was it maybe going to have a Last Jedi-esque sort of revolt or uh, you know by the fans but obviously none of that happened i mean this thing is you know everything is falling into place for uh for infinity war yeah yeah no it's uh it's uncanny to see how well um you know this movie is is doing i mean i think you know currently it's what sitting on like a billion dollars in foreign markets yep (laughs) It's it's crazy. So, so even if we, you know, if you think about Deadpool, I don't know exactly what Deadpool's um, uh, sort of distribution will be in terms of international markets, but uh, but one would think that um, you know it's continued. You know, Infinity War is going to continue to build some some steam uh, in foreign waters um, as as Deadpool kind of starts to to kind of steal its thunder in in the domestic market. So, uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting two weeks to watch because. and you know, then you think about Solo, and Solo is about projected to do, I think, 170 million on its open weekend uh, for Memorial Day holiday. So it's going to be a, a three-way shootout, it seems. Um, you know, as we kind of close out the month of May, um, but uh, it's a good time to be a, a sort of fanboy of, of all of these franchises. And I know I am struggling to find the time to get to the theater <laughs> yeah. to see these movies, but uh, yeah. It's, It'll be good. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely, obviously, we're getting into that season now where, and it's funny because this summer, especially, and I mean, they are considering Infinity War like a summer movie, even though it it was released at the end of April. In April, yeah. But, um, you know, it's very front-loaded this summer as far Mm -hmm. as the blockbusters go. I mean, we're getting right away, we got Infinity War, you're getting Deadpool 2, and you're getting Solo, like right all before the end of May. And then, uh, you know, because of some movies that were kind of shuffled, you know, uh, the schedule was shuffled for them and they got pushed away. And all of a sudden, the rest of the summer is like, I mean, there's Jurassic World 2 if you're into that. And yeah, I mean, there's some other stuff coming out, obviously. But it's for as far as like, you know, comic book and superheroes and like fanboy stuff, the summer is very front loaded this year. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other movies that are that I'm like jazzed about after Solo. Uh, I don't. I'm kind of lost. I, I think after after solo, I, I might. It might be a quick summer for me, actually. Yeah, I mean, it might, and probably for me as well. And and I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. You know, it's yeah. now we're having 
the movies come out in February, you're having movies come out in April, you know, basically there isn't, I mean, the idea of like the summer season and the holiday season, I mean, they're still a thing, but um, the movies are being spread out now more and more, and in fact, we're actually seeing uh, lately, it seems more often than not, some a lot of these movies are coming out kind of before the summer you know you're getting yeah. february march april releases where you for movies that normally would have automatically been summer releases and yeah. i think it's because the summer had gotten so crowded for a while um that the people tried to market away from the summer and yeah. people have caught up to that now uh with you know things like deadpool and obviously black panther uh just set the world on fire it's like almost it, you can't forget about it, obviously, but Infinity War has sort of made people, I think, tune away from the fact that Black Panther is still putting up uh, ridiculous numbers relative. When you when you realize that the movie did like $2 million this weekend and it actually is already out on Blu-ray, <laughs> it, 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 yeah. yeah, it's still in the top 10 in theaters, but it, it came out on uh, digital download last week and it came out on Blu-ray this week. I mean, that's just, that's pretty ridiculous. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I've already watched it like three times since I've since I have it on digital download. Yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely become a quick favorite in my in my household. Um, it, it's funny because it's like one of the only Marvel movies that actually garners a like uh, audio reaction from my wife, and she's like, "Oh, oh my god!" Oh, oh. And I'm like, "Babe, you've already seen this movie." She's like, "Yeah, but it's so good." Um, so it, it speaks volumes about the sort of quality, you know, kind of film. Um, that it was when it was in theaters and continues to be, and and it was the what the eighteenth Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, eighteen. Uh, that's kind of crazy. And and you know it's funny because this is um, speaking about the timeliness of Black Panther. Um, and this is something I was commenting about on Twitter uh, recently. But it's the the timing of the movie. I think obviously, like had a lot to do with its success, right? So, you know, February is, is known for Black History Month and having the first uh, sort of black superhero, uh, you know, charge his way onto the scene during that that that, uh, that month was no accident. Um, and what's really interesting is to think about, um, you know, Captain Marvel and when she's going to be released. So March is uh, the month when, she, you know, uh, is her her month when she's released whatever in theaters yep. and um that is international uh it's international women's month there's the month of march and the movie is dropping on international women's day so uh that'll be some interesting stuff to see about how that plays into the marketing uh for the film sort of moving into 2019 and and uh, and its distribution yeah i mean i i have a feeling that marvel might know what they're doing yeah. Something yeah. tells me, yeah, I call it a hunch, but I, I think they might have something figured out here. Captain Marvel is going to be very interesting. I mean, and pretty much everybody's forgetting about Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is actually coming out um, this summer. Oh, that's the other one. Right. That's the, I mean, yes. I don't know that anybody's, like, super excited for it. I mean, it's the trailer is fun, and the, I liked the first Ant-Man. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm not, like, super pumped for Ant-Man and the Wasp, but the the box office projections are so far looking like it's going to be uh, an improvement over the first one, which I guess is all you could ask for at this point. Yeah, yeah. It, looks, any... it looks good. It looks like yeah. another fun, you know, romper of a film. Um, and uh, and I'm also interested to see what it does to this, you know, the sort of mythology that that we've seen um, play out in front of us on with Infinity War. Uh, I wonder. I wonder what what it will do um, to some of the things that we learned as as we were watching uh, that movie. Yeah, and I mean, and who knows if it does or doesn't. But I, I you know, I think that it'll be interesting because I don't think Ant Man and the Wasp will get the usual like the Avengers bump because he obviously wasn't. Neither character was in Infinity War, right. so you're not going to get that momentum. But I do think that Captain Marvel, uh, who uh, obviously was not technically in Infinity War, not technically, she was not in Infinity War, right, but there was the right. teaser at the end in the post credit scene, um, which I think most people clapped for, not even realizing what they were clapping for, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that was a uh, that was a moment where maybe that resonates now with people, and people are aware, oh, that was for Captain Marvel, okay, and so now Captain Marvel is very much on everybody's radar, so, you know, that's going to be... I think the most fascinating box office story uh, for Marvel 
uh, coming yeah. up. That's the one I'm looking forward to. Just as like a box office geek, I'm looking forward to that. Just to, that'll be a real idea of like where they are right now because nobody expected Black Panther to do what it did, even up to like the opening weekend. Basically, people weren't expecting Black Panther to do uh, what it did, and I don't know that Captain Marvel obviously is going to do that those types of numbers, but there are a lot of other factors that are going to go into it as far as the quality of the film and the marketing. But you got two movies now in Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel that are not, they're prequels basically. They, yeah. you know, they t- so, and who knows, and, and Captain Marvel is supposed to have a, a real big impact on the MCU um, and, and I'm assuming part of that impact is going to have to be felt in Avengers 4 uh, mm-hmm. You know, even though it's a prequel to Avengers 4 and wasn't necessarily related to the events of this movie, from what I've been reading, it does seem like there are going to be events in Captain Marvel that are going to resonate in Avengers 4 and throughout the entire MCU going forward. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of thread they stitch um, across, you know, those those 19 movies in terms of where she's been, answering those questions, where she's been, who she's worked with, her relationship to Nick Fury, you know, the return of Agent Coulson as a fully, fully-fledged member of S.H.I.E.L.D. So um, I'm excited about Captain Marvel, I'm, you know, and, and I think the other piece of this is, um, is you know, in seeing the success of Wonder Woman, um, you know, how Marvel kind of takes their takes their approach to uh to introducing their female uh superhero i mean and, and let's be honest they, they do have many um uh, female superheroes in, in the roster currently with you know black widow and gamora and nebula and you know a whole series and scarlet witch and a whole series of others but uh you know this is the first one that's getting her solo film so uh really interesting to see um you know sort of how they how they pull it off and, and what they've learned from wonder woman um, as they kind of do their thing. So. Yeah, and, and there was talk about um, eventually introducing uh, Kamala Khan, who is um, currently Ms. Marvel, uh, which would be like, a, you know, the first Muslim character, uh, superhero. Uh-huh. And that would be, and so now you have like, you know, that angle plus the female angle. So they are looking at it. There is a lot of diversity right now. It's it's And it's something that I think is needed. And it's something that... Uh, that they're really hitting on uh, when as they're expanding this universe because they have had, you know, obviously Black Widow, like you said, has been a character for a long time right. and hasn't gotten that, that solo film. And, and Scarlet Witch now has been a character for a while, even though she hasn't been in many movies, but she's been a character for a while. So for them to start now introducing, I mean, Captain Marvel is going to get the first solo film and, uh, and who knows, they're going to, like, I guess, expand on that universe. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all interesting to see, but, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, we've, we kind of jumped right into this thing, and um, <laughs> we didn't really tell people what we're going to be talking about or what the what the whole premise of this show is going to be, so um, uh, maybe we should kind of backtrack a little bit and, and um, share with you guys sort of what you've just stumbled into, uh, and that being the, 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 you know, fanboys garage and sort of what we're, what we're here to talk about. So, um, you know, Chris and I are going to keep things fairly loose, uh, on the show. We will certainly be talking about, you know, the, the must haves in terms of entertainment news and sort of what's been developing, um, from a box office perspective. But, um, you know, this is really, uh, our chance to kind of, uh, wax poetic about uh, nostalgia and some of the things that um, have sort of played to our interest as you know longtime fanboys and moviegoers and movie lovers. So um, it'll be your guys's and I talk to you listeners, um, your guys's opportunity to kind of listen in on you know, sort of our thoughts on you know '80s action movies or you know. Uh, uh, some of the the maybe it's a Jim Henson movie or something like that. So we we'll, we'll be going into uh, you know sort of the cardboard boxes that often litter one's garage and sort of discover new things for us to talk about that uh, might play well to your memories and nostalgia as you've grown up loving movies yourself. So um, we're really excited uh, to kind of get into that. Uh, the other thing too is that Chris and I both watch a lot of TV. I don't know if this is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, well, depends on who you ask, I guess. <laughs> but uh, we are couch potatoes, and we will be talking about lots of TV stuff uh, on a week-by-week basis and sort of covering things that we've, we've been watching and, and, and sort of talking about that. So, uh, Chris, anything you wanted to add there? 
you mentioned 80s action movies. Uh, action movies in general are a, a very big uh, love of mine, and it's something that I don't think gets a lot of love. Uh, yeah. it, it's one of like the forgotten fanboy sort of elements. Um, I grew up watching really bad action movies, actually. <laughs> um, believe it or not, it's, it's one of the things my father and I kind of bonded on. Um, there's a very big age gap between my father and I, and so we didn't have that much in common when it came to entertainment, but we would stay up all night and watch like really bad action movies and just love them. And I'm talking like, I'm not talking about Schwarzenegger and Stallone. I'm talking about like Don the Dragon Wilson and Jeff Speakman, you know, like we're, you know, real deep cuts as far as uh, action movies go. The worse, the better. Um, and especially if uh, they weren't particularly that good at martial arts. Uh, but just played it on TV. Like Remo Williams? Oh, man, we couldn't get enough of any. If if it was bad and it was action, especially if there was martial arts involved, then, yeah, we we were in. We were in for the night. (laughs) That was awesome. I can't wait for us to kind of unpack that a bit and and give you guys, like, a full-blown episode on, on, you know, some of our favorite films uh, from that era and, and maybe even some of the really, really bad ones that we watched. Um, and share those thoughts um, with all of you guys. Um, but uh, let's let's kind of change gears. Let's think about uh, you know some of the TV shows that we're watching. And we've got one that I know Chris and I have been sort of talking behind the scenes on that has not been getting a lot of love, at least on the pack, podcast that I've been listening to. And that is Cobra Kai. Yeah, Cobra Kai is something that, um, and if you're not familiar with it, Cobra Kai is a follow-up sequel to the karate kid um it's on youtube red which is um a pay service that youtube offers uh, i believe the first episodes are up for free and then yeah, after that, yeah you have to either have youtube red or youtube tv which comes with a free youtube red subscription um in order to watch the rest but you know i loved cobra kai and i i, I think i i've definitely seen the entire show i don't i don't know if you've seen all of it yet but yeah, I'm I'm about uh, seven seven episodes six six or seven episodes in. So you're almost done. I mean, yeah. I I thought that this show, based on the trailer, which was amazing, I thought that this was going to be a lot of nostalgia and kind of goofy, just goofy nostalgia, and and it would it was just going to be kind of fun. But it it's actually so much more than that. Like this yeah. is a real show with real characters that have uh, motivations and, I mean, there's stakes involved. And there are, obviously, the elements of nostalgia are there. They're unavoidable. Yeah. Um, they're done pretty well, though. Um, but it's so much more than nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think um, there are lots of lots of callbacks and homages that are, are sort of paid back to, you know, at least at this stage, the, the first two Karate Kid movies. I mean, let's, let's be honest, that... That third Karate Kid movie was was kind of trash, and then that fourth one with Hillary Swank was god awful. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, it it almost picks up right after uh, sort of Karate Kid one, and you know, it really gives you um, some interesting insight in terms of the the villain of the story and sort of what what becomes of that person that's quote unquote lost right to the hero. Um, and I find that concept so, so interesting. Um, you know, I, I think um, the, the characters are just so well-developed. And, you know, in some ways, um, you start to really dislike, you know, the people that you thought were, like, the heroes of the movie. Uh, I don't know if that's just me. I don't know, Chris, if you're having the same no. experience. But to, to some degree, I'm like... God, Daniel LaRusso, you became such an asshole, man. <laughs> well, I think that's the interesting thing about it is, and, and I heard somebody describe it as sort of like, what if Daniel LaRusso in the original Karate Kid had joined the Cobra Kai dojo yeah. rather than meet Mr. Miyagi? Dude, I was seeing this. I said that to my wife last night. Yeah, and I, but I, although it is actually even a little bit more complex than that. Absolutely. Because, I mean, that certainly there's an element of that, and I, we don't want to get too much into spoilers because uh, there are still a lot of people who haven't seen it yet uh, and hopefully will but uh, you know there is a there is an aspect of that one part of the story anyway but yeah I mean the the parallels that are there uh, between what's happened to Johnny and what's happened to Daniel post the Karate Kid 
Um, some of them are very on the nose and very obvious, um, but uh, the roles in, in a lot of ways have kind of reversed. But but it's again, it's it's not even in, in the terms that I thought it was going to be in much simpler terms. I thought it was going to be very obvious, like oh, okay, I get it. Like Johnny didn't win, and he was kind of a jerk, and now he is kind of doing nothing with his life. And yeah. but it, it's it's not that. I mean, there again, there are elements of that, but it's it's much deeper than that. And you're right. I mean, I, I found myself rooting for people. Um, by the end that I, I didn't necessarily think I was going to be rooting for. And yeah. then at points they they really, and you haven't really, again, since you haven't finished with it yet, I mean, there are still some surprises along the way. Um, and yeah. uh, it, it really is a really great show. The acting is tremendous. And, I mean, because these, these actors believe in these characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know? it's, it's, it's kind of funny because, um, you know, there are... Um, certain mannerisms that are coming off of these characters, right? That I, it almost feels like they were born to be these sort of two people, specifically Johnny and and uh, and Daniel. Um, you know, it's like when uh, when Johnny tells someone to shut up, <laughs> it's like that's exactly who he was when you yeah. know he filmed the first Karate Kid movie, and then you know you look at sort of the um, hopeful. Um, very determined character Daniel LaRusso as he's kind of going through his katas and and all of that and you, it like throws me right back into you know the first the first movie and and definitely makes me want to uh, rewatch those again because holy cow it's so so it's just it you, you know the thing is and it's funny because I think a lot of people specifically as it relates to some of the Star Wars movies and of course I will bring up Star Wars because I'm one of the biggest effing Star Wars fans but um, you know people talked about uh, Rogue One paying way too much fan service uh, and if you were to strip that, that fan service away you know what, what kind of movie would you be left with but the way Cobra Kai goes about um I don't want to say it's fan service. It's because it's so those those elements that are brought up from the movie are so intertwined with the characters that you just these people just are, and um, it just adds you know more uh, dimension and credibility to to you know who these actors are portraying on the screen. I mean, you, you're getting a lot more. You're getting to see a lot more of who these people really are and um and the impact that some of the things that have happened in the movies are having on them still to this day yeah Um, and i mean and i know you just to to kind of circle back you because you mentioned how bad um karate kid 3 was you know there actually is a reference to karate kid 3 (laughs) so if, if you are someone who happens to love karate kid 3 you have not been left out um there is a a very minor sort of one off little brief reference to um a plot element of Karate Kid Three that doesn't serve any purpose in this show, but it's um, it, it's there for you just in case. Mm. But you know, what, one of the things that I was really there were two things that I was really impressed with in this, aside from everything else we've just spoken about. One of them is there's a moment, um, and this isn't really much of a spoiler, I don't think. Anyway, if it is, be prepared. But there's a moment where, or, or a scene where Daniel goes to visit Mr. Miyagi. Oh God, dude! I almost lost my mind I, over that. I, you know, and, and we we actually just happened to have a conversation on Twitter uh, the last couple of days about movies that make us like cry every time. Well, that that got me. That that scene actually was, and yeah. it, you know, I wasn't really prepared for that scene, and the way they filmed it, and the way it was just the the acting and everything. Like that's when I was like, wow, this is this is like a real show. This isn't just a like a goofy, funny-or-die parody version of... Yeah. Of, which is kind of what I almost thought we were going to be getting. The other thing that really impressed me was, uh, from a martial arts perspective, martial arts is something that's near and dear to my heart, and I thought the way that they handled the idea of karate in 2018... Oh, my God, ...was, was yeah, really, really, really good, because, you know, thirty almost 35 years ago, when the original Karate Kid came out, karate was sort of the um, the brand name for any martial art in this country. Just like when you would walk into a restaurant and order a Coke, and whether they served Coke or Pepsi or RC Cola, there was an understanding of what you wanted, right? And you were going to get that. 
Well, that's what karate was basically in this country in the 80s because it didn't matter what martial art you did, kung fu, taekwondo, you know, it, everybody just assumed you did karate. So right. karate was this really big thing back then, but now with the, you know, with MMA being as big as it is, traditional martial arts have not, they don't have kind of the, the respect that they have outside of the art themselves as far as like mainstream popularity. So we're living karate now in 2018 and they handled it so, so well. The training segments are great in this show. And yeah. they, they really have a modern flair to it, and it, it really does show you that it's like, look, it doesn't matter what art you're doing, what martial art you're doing. And there are references, like, there are people like, really, karate? Like, that's what you're doing? But, they, you know, the way that Johnny trains them and the way that he actually uses it himself, I mean, he, it's done in a way where you're like, yeah, you know what? If you believe in yourself and you believe in your training and you're good at it, it doesn't matter what you do. It's going to be effective. And I thought yeah. that they, you know, that was because that was something I was wondering. I was like, hmm, you know, karate in 2018, you know, the way people view it, it's like now if you're not like a kickboxer or you're not, you know, a jujitsu player, like people don't really, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, you do that, that stuff. But, you know, it, it was really a really good element of the show. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm in, and I got to be honest, seeing, seeing these two guys uh, uh, perform there kicks and <laughs> and all these karate moves is, is quite impressive given their age yeah, um yeah, yeah. you know i did i did see um an interesting meme about uh was it pat morita was 52 years old when he filmed the first uh karate kid in uh and uh, ralph macchio was 56 while he's doing cobra kai I saw that. That was an amazing, yeah, it's an amazing meme. Well, Rock Macho, I mean, you know, he obviously was a lot older than people realized the original Karate yeah. Kid. And, um, you know, he just, he doesn't seem to age. But to be honest with you, I mean, William Zadka, Zabka hasn't really, he doesn't look that much different either. I mean, he just dude, looks yeah, like an older I mean, version. I was like, it still looks like the same dude. I mean, yeah. I can't really say that about Mickey Rourke. No, uh, yeah, <laughs> no. Who's uh, probably... Uh, maybe he's a little older than than uh, those two guys, but um, yeah, holy cow, man! Uh, these these two guys they aged really well, and um, and I just love love the commitment. I love the commitment that they have to these characters. Again, I mean, I just think um, it really feels like a, a legitimate continuation of the stories we we watched way back when in the eighties, and uh, and uh, sort of seeing how these characters have turned out. I mean, if there's any, if I do have any critiques, I mean. Some of the ancillary characters are not my favorite. Like, I'm not really a big fan of Daniel LaRusso's wife in the show or his, like, cousin or whatever. Yeah, there's that storyline there with the, like, the annoying cousin who's, like, they're they're trying to kiss his butt and... Yeah. uh, Yeah. uh, I'm sure. (laughs) Right, yeah. I mean, I think it's trying to basically feed into the concept of like you know he's sort of lost sight of you know what yeah. he is and what's important to him and he's surrounded by like all these yes people um yeah so i, I guess it does t- and it obviously does sort of play a role eventually um with the um the character and i guess that this is technically kind of another spoiler sort of the the johnny's son who yes. does play a big role obviously uh kind of more towards the second half of of the show it yeah. ties into that and that whole storyline and you know it's going to be really interesting to see where they go the one thing i didn't really think i was going to be doing um after i watched this was anxiously anticipating a season two um which they obviously haven't announced yet but i'm hoping that they will no i, th- I think i thought they did did they oh well they're even better i, I don't know if that, so, let's google it real, real quick let's yeah. see let's see because i'm ready uh, for it if they did I, th- I thought they I thought they may have, um, but let's see, let's see if it was announced. I just googled it. I mean to say I, without making any you know another spoiler, I can say yeah, that it's it, announced. It is perfect because it does end on a very confident, uh, in a very confident place. Let's put it that way. So I, I was hoping that um, you know they they had an idea that they were at least going to get a season two. Um, yeah. The way that they ended everything, so yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited for it. There there are a lot of there's a lot of story left, and, and not just between Daniel and Johnny, but you know between the Cobra Kai and and you know 
other things that may be uh, developing that develop towards the end of the show. Oh, cool. um, but there's uh, yeah, there's a lot of story here and it, it can go on and, and really even go, I think, eventually beyond um, Johnny and Daniel after a while because they yeah, set mean, up some you, really interesting characters. Yeah, you definitely get the sense that they were sort of setting the table. Um, for some often like you know just like again going back to going back to my Star Wars but you know sort of passing the torch to a younger generation of, of uh, you know superstars so um, you know I'm, I'm excited to finish finish off uh, season one and, and see how it all kind of ties up and I gotta say uh, serious kudos to YouTube for putting their big balls on the table and saying hey we'll give you these two episodes for free, knowing that they were going to hook people into their subscription service, because I am definitely one of them. I just hope that they can follow up with that. I am, I am quickly watching my days because I know I've got a thirty-day <laughs> free yeah. subscription. So I'm like, if I don't see something soon, I'm just gonna bow out of this. Uh, but, but, but really, uh, really smart for them to kind of um, offer those two episodes, knowing that they had a solid product and that they could hook people like that. Yeah, and I actually didn't know. Um, I missed the memo that only the first two episodes were going to be available for free. I just thought I was watching it. Like, I didn't realize any of that stuff. And I watch, and then all of a sudden I get a message at the end of the second episode. It's like, oh, you have to. And I was like, oh, okay. So I did like you did. I signed up for the uh, the free trial and yeah. uh, watched the rest. I actually wound up watching the entire season in like a day and a half. Cause I, Holy I, cow. My plan was to just watch the first episode. Like on the Friday night, I was like, oh, there's nothing on. Let me just throw this on. And then I watched the second episode. And by the end of the second episode, I was completely hooked. And I was like, all right, I'm going to have to. So I watched like three more episodes. I basically watched half of the first season on the Friday night and then finished it on the Saturday morning. Wow. So, yeah, I just, um, you know, it and that tells me that it's a really good show because that doesn't happen to me very often. But it'll happen to me, you know, with shows that I, I think are really good. I, I'll just watch them all in one shot, even though yeah. that wasn't my original plan. And then they're, they're really short. I mean, I think the max episode I saw, I don't, and I don't know how the finale sort of times, but uh, they're, they're like 28 minutes, 32 yeah. minutes, um, really quick. And they kind of get you hooked on that binge watching. Um so it's it's smart. It's it's a really you know well produced um, and perfectly timed. Um, I, I think my 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 struggle here in terms of finishing it is my wife is also hooked, so I've got to wait for her to watch it, um, which is fine. But we also have plenty of other shows, and then there's the shows that I watch without her, like Arrow and The Flash, <laughs> right, and all of that stuff, and Westworld. Um, which is holy cow, Westworld! Jeez, man. Yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen Westworld yet, but I, I keep hearing a lot of amazing things about it, and I, I kind of feel a little left out because I see all these people on Twitter talking about it, and like, I, it's one of those shows where I, I feel like I'm the only person not watching it. Yeah, um, yeah, you got to get on that. Yeah, uh, we're, we're definitely going to need to do an episode um, <laughs> talking about Westworld, so maybe, maybe we'll hold that off until the season two finale. Um, and then who knows? Maybe we'll we'll be able to bring some guests on and stuff like that, and uh, we can kind of get into into Westworld, which also um, I, I I don't know if many fans of the show actually know this, but it, it is also based on uh, some older movies, um, which are dramatically different, of course, from yeah. from what they're watching on the show. But um, yeah, there's uh, there's some some of that nostalgia built into that show as well. Yeah, I remember. Um... A friend of mine, uh, when we were younger, uh, he kept, you got, oh, I got Westworld, I got Westworld, you know, we went to Westworld, and I was like, well, what's Westworld? And then uh, we watched it, and, uh, you know, I was like, wow, this is this is pretty cool, and he was just loving it, he was like, uh, you know, all he wanted to talk about was Yul Brenner and Westworld, and then we watched Future World, and that wasn't as good, but, yeah, but, uh, yeah, so it's always been sort of on my radar, and I don't know why I, I didn't watch it. That really, there's absolutely no reason why I didn't start watching it. But I think what threw me was after the first season, they were like, oh, it's going to be a while until the next season yeah. starts. And I was like, well, yeah. I'll catch up. And then I, I just didn't. And so I think this summer, I'll probably, uh, when there's a lot less stuff on, I'll probably, uh, that'll be my show that I, I decide to dive into. It'll By that time, it'll they'll have the full two seasons 
uh, completed, which is kind of what I did with Game of Thrones, to be honest with you. I didn't watch the first two seasons of Game of Thrones uh-huh. um, because I was like, oh, it's not really my thing. You know, I don't, and everyone was like, no, dude, you don't understand. You have to watch it. It doesn't, you know, whether you're into like fantasy or not, it doesn't matter. It kind of transcends that. So uh-huh. I wound up binging the first two seasons like over a summer, you know, during the course of a summer. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is, I don't know what I've been missing. I don't know yeah. where I've been. Yeah. So I have a, I have a very uh, uh, sick love hate relationship with, with Game of Thrones. So um, I, started watching well no actually I read, someone told me oh there's going to be this really cool series blah 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 it was a book series you should start reading the books so that you're kind of ready for the show or whatever so um, I went through the first book um, uh, which is called it is called Game of Thrones the yeah. first book um, is it if I remember yeah, 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 yeah it's Game called of Game of Thrones the first yeah. book and um Watched it and was like, "Oh my god, I'm I'm so in love!" So I kind of you know powered through all the books, and you know watched season two, three, and then I think I got to season four, and I started getting to a point where uh, things were happening in the show that was like right at the tail end of the last book, uh, Dance of Dragons, and I loved the book so much that I actually disengaged completely from watching the show, and I haven't watched the show since. Uh, season four, four, the end of season four, maybe, um, and uh, it may have, yeah, I think it was season four. Um, and I hear a lot of people talking about things that are happening. And my my whole thing is, um, you know, they were killing off a lot of characters or not introducing certain characters, and so I I got a little spiteful about, um, you know, being invested in char- in a character story that may not pan out. <laughs> In, in the show because they've, they've kind of moved beyond that. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's obvious that, you know, George R. R. Morton, if he ever does finish this, which that that's bastard. probably never going to happen, but, you know, they the showrunners, um, you know, uh, Benioff and Weiss, while they, they've consulted with him and they kind of know exactly how he was planning to end the book uh, or the series, uh, if and when that ever happens, uh, they started to, you know, they started to go off on their own a couple of seasons ago because they just couldn't wait and they had caught yeah. up basically. And uh, you know, you're missing out though. I will say that to be honest with you, because it, the last couple of seasons, um, the scope of this show is like no show I've ever seen on television before. I mean, every episode is like watching a movie basically. Mm. And um, I, I mean, I would say at this point, you just you watch the show for what it is. Knowing that the books, if and when and that he ever does get any more out, you know, are going to probably be a little different, and that's fine. You could enjoy, you'll, it'll be two worlds that you could enjoy um, on their own. You know, I know a, a guy that I work with, um, he, he's a book, he read the books, has not seen an episode of the show. Mm-hmm. Not because he's like against it. He just he doesn't have HBO and he's not. God bless him. Yeah, so he, but so he had read the books before the show was a thing. And, uh, you know, so he was telling me, oh, yeah, you know, you're going to this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And uh, or did this happen and did that happen and stuff like that. So, he's, yeah. uh, you know, he's one of those. So he's just waiting now for the books to finish. And then he said he's, he might watch the show. But I I think it's worth it to watch it because it's um, it really is like nothing. No other show uh, as yeah. far as the scope of it. And, and it's just going to get bigger now because they've cut down the number of episodes for these final couple of seasons so that they could put more money into each one. Right. Yeah. Are they going to be longer, longer episodes? Not so much longer. I mean, there are a couple, but like last season was a shorter season as far as total episodes, and and the the episodes themselves were not, in general, they weren't necessarily longer, but right. um, just the scope is bigger because they're yeah. you know they're coming down to the end game now, so they uh they're saving up a lot of their budget money. Um, because believe it or not, the budget is not, it is limited. I mean, it is, you know, an HBO show that doesn't have, you know, millions and millions of viewers and advertising dollars and stuff. So they're they're just trying to get the most of their, their money. And they, they certainly have hit on that. Mm. I will see, see how it goes. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll get pulled in and start watching. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm like your buddy. Cause I'll, I was asking people, you know, did they introduce this character and did that character do this? And they're like, nah, I don't know who that person is. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going to lose my mind. But, um, 
Eh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. And, you know, one of the things you mentioned earlier when you're talking about Cobra Kai was how, you know, it's it's great to see um, YouTube Red have the ball, or YouTube to have, you know, have the balls to do what they did with this show. Yeah. Because that ties into uh, the season that we're in right now, which is cancellation season. Uh, ah, right. Looking at a number of networks that actually don't have the balls to support um, some <laughs> of their shows. I've been personally stung now three times. Uh, during this cancellation season in a big way. Um, oh, boy. Twice by sci-fi, which, you know, again, I don't know why. You know, it's like, fool me once, shame on me. You know, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Uh, With sci-fi, sci-fi is a, sh- a network that has a history of not supporting their science fiction shows unless they own the rights to them, um, because that's where the money is, obviously. So right. they canceled Dark Matter on me. Uh, last year, which I, I was part of like a fan campaign to try to get the show back on the air, which did not <laughs> succeed. And uh, they just canceled The Expanse, which... Now, Dark Matter was one of my favorite shows on television. The Expanse was also one of my favorite shows on television, but not just because it's a great sci-fi show, but I, I thought it was actually one of the best television shows on the air, period. Wow, that's and cool. they just canceled it um, after the third season, uh, again, they because they don't own the international rights, so they they can't monetize it overseas and in reruns, and so they're harder on shows like that. But there is now a movement to try to get that show back on the air. Um, so that just got canceled, and also Ash versus the Evil Dead also got canceled by Stars. But that one I'm not particularly broken up over because you know the fact that that show actually existed is a miracle and I'm just happy that they I was able to get 30 hours of that absolutely crazy amazing show so I'm not really bitter over that I mean sure it could have gone on forever and there was definitely some more story to tell but but mm. you know I mean look Ash vs. Evil Dead was a thing if you would have told me when I was at my buddy's house watching Evil Dead 2 on VHS uh, that in 2018 the, you know this would be a thing I'd have been like, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know even knows what this Evil Dead thing is. So, yeah, I'm not bitter over it, but again, you know, it's like I'm getting more shows canceled than I'm getting shows, you know, that I actually want to watch now. And uh, some shows that I hoped were going to be canceled are still getting renewed. Oh, yeah. One of which I'm... is um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, which <laughs> ties, into your, my list. ties into your Phil Coulson thing. And obviously... Uh, you know, again, also tying into my thing about how when the network, when the production company is also part of the network, it makes it a lot easier. So obviously, right. Agents of Shield gets a, a longer leash because, well, ABC Disney's producing the show and they're the network that airs the show. Right. And I obviously there's plans there with Coulson, you know, supposedly appearing in Captain Marvel. Um, there's going to be a tie in there, and it's it's a way for them to promote their movies on, you know, broadcast television. But, you know, when... And we also see it, too, now with, you know, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine just got canceled and then picked up by NBC. And the reason for that was basically because NBC Studios produces the show and they sold it to Fox. Fox canceled it and they said, well, why not pick it up? If anything, it'll give them 13 extra episodes to sell in reruns and overseas. Right. Same thing that happened with Scrubs years ago when ABC picked it up towards the end. It's the same thing that just happened with Last Man Standing now with um, that Tim Allen show that uh, ABC canceled and Fox just brought back because 20th Century Fox produces the show. So, you know, those shows are, are you're fortunate. Uh, unfortunately, if you're a network like, uh, your shows are on a network like Sci-Fi and uh, right. they don't own the rights to the show, you have a very, uh, very small chance of, of uh, having your show be renewed. With, you know, which is why I feel like the future of television, and I felt like this for a while, is is content providers. It's not really yeah. networks anymore. So, you know, these streaming services that come up, you know, it's really important, you know, to support things like YouTube Red and Amazon and Netflix and even things like CBS All Access. You know, I, I'm a big Star Trek fan, and, I, you know, I have a, a number of Star Trek fan friends that were like, oh, I can't believe they want us to pay six bucks to watch Star Trek on some streaming service, and, you know, why couldn't they just put it on Netflix, or why couldn't they just put it here, and I'm like, you know what, take a look at what's happening right now with, like, other sci-fi shows that are getting canceled left and right. Mm-hmm. If CB- if Star Trek Discovery was on CBS proper, it would have been canceled already. Yep. If 
CB, if Star Trek Discovery was on sci-fi, we would be worrying every season whether this was going to be the last season because they don't own the rights to it. So, you know, the fact that CBS produces this show and is also hosting the show is the reason why the show was as good as it was because it's the reason why they put as much money into that show mm-hmm. as they did because it's basically we're functioning right now as a loss leader for CBS All Access to get subscriptions up. Right. So right. you know, it's like be and you know now we're seeing it with the the Mar the um the Disney streaming service that's going to be coming yeah. out and this DC Universe streaming service that I'm kind of really excited about. Um, that's we should be happy now. Look, it's going to cost us more money, which that's never a great thing. But you know, for the fanboy community, you know, these are niche products, no matter what we think about them, and this is really the best way for this stuff to be delivered to have a chance. I mean, there's a lot of, like, Lucifer fans right now that are up in arms over the fact that that show just got canceled. And, well, you know what? If that show was on a DC streaming service, we wouldn't be having that discussion right now. But you might have to pay a little bit more to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting concept. Um, You know, but that's the only true way for us all to kind of cut the cord, uh, so to speak. Um you know, so many of these, um, you know, networks have started to launch their own OTT services and are and are offering their on demand. Um, so it's it's you know it's the natural course of I think the industry itself, as you mentioned before. Um, I'm I'm, a little, I'm intrigued by DC's plug, uh, DC's play rather on uh, on their streaming service, and I wonder what that means for. You know the CW and and uh, and you know the shows that are living there, like Black Lightning and Arrow and Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Um, but I am more interested in what's going to happen on the Disney one because of all of the other properties and franchises that they own. So um, you know, it was announced I think maybe a month ago that Dave Filoni would be doing another sort of less airbender-like uh, anime Star Wars cartoon show. So that's that will likely come uh, on the service. And then, um, you know, there's there have been all those other deals that are being sort of discussed behind the scenes um, for other uh, TV-like uh, shows related to Star Wars and what could that mean for the MCU. And it'll be interesting. Now, we, we, we talked quickly about... <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I think one of the downsides uh, to the point that you brought up about, you know, having uh, the studio and the network sort of uh, living in the same house, so to speak, is that, man, are they dragging that show out in a way that is, as I had mentioned before, it's like watching your best friend smoke meth (laughs) and having them deteriorate. I mean, it's it's literally like that. I think the first Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, is coming hot off of the Avengers and there were, you know, ties directly to Thor and Asgard and all of the, you know, all of those other elements. And then when it collided with um, the Winter Soldier, uh, holy cow, was that amazing. Um, they did do some interesting stuff with the introduction of Ghost Rider, and I thought that was a really cool way to bring about a new character. And, yeah. and obviously I was hoping to see a bit more of him. Um, but gosh, man, this... This season, this season uh, is rough. Yeah. Such a bear to watch. Um, and I know you and I had chatted quickly, and I know uh, John Crabtree has also uh, mentioned this, but they fleetingly just threw out Thanos' name uh, like a week after Infinity War dropped, and they did mention some of the things that were happening uh, in Infinity War, but they were just like, yeah, it was there just to. Crumbs. It was there just to say, oh, right, don't forget we're we're still a part a part of this thing. And I, you know, I actually liked the last, not this past current season, I guess, but the the two seasons before, I actually really enjoyed. It kind of got me back into the show. Was because it the Inhumans I, when they started introducing the Inhumans? And, and even though I just like the way they split the season, so it's like it, you know, the fact that they have so many episodes. You know, it was nice that they would have like these dedicated little story arcs within the season, two or three yeah. different story arcs that had their own little titles. They had their own beginning, middle, and ends. Like last season, they started with the Ghost Rider thing, oh, then right. they well into the LMD thing, and then they had like so. And it, it kind of all sort of tied together in the end. But 
you could have basically watched each one of those little arcs and, and not really watched anything else. And I thought that's where they were going again this season, the way they started. But then it just kind of all sort of meshed together. And it, it it's one of those shows now. And, and there's a couple of the um, the CW or DC shows that are also in this category for me now where... Supergirl. I, <laughs> yeah, Supergirl, Arrow, where I just kind of keep them on and they're on in the background. And I, I'm really watching them more almost out of habit now. Yeah. Uh, although Supergirl, I've actually officially stopped watching. Yeah, um, and I think Arrow's getting close. And, and again, those are shows that are, are continuing to get renewed, um, you know, because they're on the CW, so you don't have to do huge ratings to, you know, to get renewed on the CW. It's a branding thing. There's synergy there. Um, you know, and the more shows they have, the more they can build up those big... Um, crossover episodes that do, you know, pretty well. So I get all of that, but I mean, Arrow is very long in the tooth. Supergirl never really got there for me. It's not, it wasn't terrible, but I just, it didn't, this season lost me after like about four or five episodes completely. Um, but yeah, I just think that, you know, I'm my, the days of me watching shows out of habit now, or I think they're over because there's just a lot of really good content out there between, you know, yeah. Amazon and Netflix and, and now YouTube Red and, and eventually with these standalone streaming services, it's like, I'm going to pick and choose. I, I'm not just going to watch something because it's got a comic book tie-in anymore. Right. Or right. some type of, uh, you know, fanboy tie-in or movie tie-in. They're really going to have to start earning, you know, my viewing now. Yeah. And and then there's that whole, you know, bit about commercials and <laughs> and all that and the ability to kind of watch a show in its entirety, you know, um, and, and pace yourself, you know, also, I think, uh, one of the things that I find myself doing, um, is, uh, you know, I, I was watching Jessica Jones and I have put that on pause for a moment. And I'm very, very close to the end of the, uh, series. It's just that there's other stuff that's come up like Cobra Kai, um, and some other shows that I've been watching behind the scenes that uh, that I just find to be more interesting, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll well, get to that. And I'm, I'm not really missing anything, you know. Um, and um, damn, I just kind of lost my train of thought. But anyways, uh, you know, I, I, I just think it's it's interesting the way that now nowadays the way that we're all consuming these kind of shows, yeah. and and agree, you know, if you look at, and I don't know how many people have looked heavily at what's happening on netflix but netflix is churning out content it's, like it's nobody's business i mean i think about 80 percent of it is adam sandler stuff but either but aside from that <laughs> <laughs> there's uh there is an incredible amount of content i mean there's that lost in space show that I, I still haven't been able to sink my teeth into i i watched the first episode and loved it um then i watched the second episode and didn't love it as much but i, I do i will watch that um, because I am um, one of my uh, kind of really geeky fanboy things is I, I'm not only a, was I a fan of the um, or am I a fan of the original Lost in Space, but I, I liked kind of in a weird way all of the the Irwin Allen 60s shows like um, the Time Tunnel and Land of the Giants and uh, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Mm -hmm. So I, I, that's kind of something that's a little near and dear to my heart. So I will be watching it. But like you said, I, I just if it doesn't blow me away, like kind of within like two or three episodes i'm going to put it off to the side and then i'm going to get to it like when i have time yeah or else i'm going to wind up having like a real negative opinion of it because i'm just going to want to rush through it to get to something else right right yeah i know uh uh you know the revengers podcast uh uh host co-host uh, vanessa bonte is a big fan of uh big fan of lost in space uh, and the crown, <laughs> but, um, I have not checked it out actually. Um, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like remember seeing that movie back in like, well, don't go by that. Forget the movie. You just wipe the movie out. Like, that never <laughs> happened that you dreamt that. Um, you know. I'll, have, I'll have to give it a shot. But again, I mean, I think, I think it, it comes to this thing. It's like, there's so many things to pick and choose from. It's almost like content overload. Um, and so while, yes, it looks super intriguing, I mean, there's like a hundred other different things I'd rather be watching, um, that I might even find m more intriguing than, than, you know, quick little, um, quick little trailer or something like that, or yeah. even word of mouth. I mean, I'm committing myself right now to everything and anything that, like, not to bring it back to Westworld, but like all these fan theories and stuff like that that's happening there. And, um, 
And I think that's the other that's the other missing that's the other missing piece there is like that delayed gratification, right? So um you kinda have to force yourself to do that with Netflix shows unless I still appreciate uh networks like HBO because you get to spend a week, you know, kind of yeah, theorizing agree. what's gonna happen on the next episode and, and sort of looking back on and saying, Oh my god, I've gotta wait a whole week to find out like where my character is gonna be and then, you know, you get to that week and the story's not even focused on that character that you love so much. It's yep. like somebody else. Um, which makes that makes the viewing experience for a show like Westworld or even for Game of Thrones um, that much more exciting. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. That's one of the things, and I'm my own worst enemy with that, so I guess I can't really say too much about it because you know how many times I've said to people, like when one of the new like Marvel Netflix shows come out, you know what? I'm going to watch this old school like traditional style i'm gonna pick a night of the week where i don't have a show on and i'm gonna just make it you know that night will be like the jessica jones night or the daredevil night and i'm just gonna watch one episode every week and it just never happens i wind up binging the whole damn thing over the course of the weekend and i blow my own theory out of the water but i'm with you i prefer to watch my shows um like you know week to week because you do have that week to process and you do have that anticipation and there is something to that i mean you know yeah it's great to have everything there all at once you know more so if i'm trying to catch up on something that i i you know i'm like two seasons three seasons behind on and i want to catch up to maybe start watching it live but i I do prefer to watch my shows week to week because uh, the way i wind up watching my netflix shows it's like you just like you go to mcdonald's and you just gorge yourself on a whole bunch of stuff and then like like an hour later you're like "Mm, yeah i'm kind of hungry again because you you got like basically no other than taste like there's no redeeming value to anything you just took in and you just you didn't even you inhaled it all you know right so yeah i do prefer to watch uh I do prefer to watch my shows week to week, but you know, again, the future is is, I think, basically, you know, going to be you know, content being up there for you, and you watch yeah. it however you need to watch it. I mean, Star Trek Discovery was week to week, and I I loved that aspect of it. And not only was it week to week on all access, but they had like an after Trek show, where you and so you you got to really like you know dig into a lot of the stuff. And but also, if you wanted to, you could wait. And just binge it, too, if you, you know, wanted to save some money or wanted to use a free trial to just watch it all in one, you know, at one time. You you have that option. So I think that's really the future, giving people the option of, you know, you could watch it live week to week or if you want to wait, you know, you can binge watch it and do it that way. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So just before we go, um, do you have, are there any TV shows that you're currently watching uh, obviously, Westworld. You've already talked about that. You don't think are getting a lot of play or get a lot of play that you want to highly recommend? Oh, that's a good question. Um, hmm. I, I, I personally don't. Um, but I will say that one show that uh, that kind of caught my wife, um, like probably by surprise and she's seriously like in love with is that Troy show on uh on Netflix. Okay. I don't know exactly the name of it, but she loves the show. Um uh and I don't think a lot of people have been talking about it, but she is and I'm she like this is not really I didn't know she was really into <laughs> This kind of stuff, um, but she's like, babe. There's like so much action, and there's like an interesting love story that, and all that sort of stuff. Is that Troy Fall of a City? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she's she's really into that. Um, uh, again, I, I'm trying to think think to myself of a show that I'm kind of watching, but I can't come up with one off the top of my head. Now I'll, I'll have to give you an answer maybe next week. All right. Um, I because yeah, well, I have one, and it's it's not a show that. Um, like nobody knows about, um, but it's not really a show that it's on the CW, uh, and it's not a DC show, and it's not supernatural. Um, oh, dude, it better not be Riverdale. No, it's not Riverdale. It's actually the Hundred. Um, now this is a show that I I actually love, and you know when I tell people that something's like really that show, and it, I think a lot of the people who 
give that response are people who either have a kind of a preconceived notion of, of what they think the show is, or they watched like the first few episodes and said, mm, no, because if you watch the first few episodes, it's like, okay, this is just Lord of the Flies with like good looking young actors, mm-hmm. you know, very like CW type concept. And, and it, it is that kind of in the very beginning, but it very quickly morphs into something that's so much more than that. And, and it's actually a really good sci-fi show. Like, this has become a really good, legitimate sci-fi show um, with really good acting, really compelling characters, like real drama. It's one of the few shows uh, on television right now that I, I actually, like, anxiously anticipate the next episode and or the next season. Um, and they just started their fifth season. Um, there are a few episodes into it. And uh, it's just it's gotten it's just a really, really good show that's evolved and um, it, it keeps you on your toes. So I, I would highly recommend that if you're into sci fi um, and you're into sort of a cross between like, you know, yeah, there's Lord of the Flies elements and there's, you know, lost elements and even elements of like Battlestar Galactica in a way. Um, get past the whole like, oh, it's just a CW show with good looking young actors because it, it is actually a really good show. Um, and I think it's worth uh, it's worth giving a shot to. Yeah. All right, yeah, maybe I'll uh, I'll check it out. Um, I've got to get through like Black Lightning. I didn't finish that show. Um, that's another one where I'm like, yeah, I'll binge it. I mean, I liked what I saw. Yeah, um, I got to realize, you know, Black Lightning. I loved the first episode, and I was like all about. I was like, man, this is fresh. It's new. It's it's different from the other shows. It's exactly what it needs. It and I I didn't dislike it. But it, it with every episode, I, I liked it a little bit less as yeah. the season went on, mainly because I, I felt like it, it kind of wound up, instead of being this kind of fresh, new thing, I think it wound up falling into the CWDC formula kind of by the end of its run. Yeah. It became like another like sort of team-up, everybody's got powers type of thing. And I was like, man, and there's a guy who there who's loaded like the one who doesn't have the powers. That's the, the gatekeeper or the watcher. And it's like, oh man, right, this is like right. every freaking CW show now on the air. Yeah. And it, it lost me a little bit. I mean, it's still obviously different uh, just in its nature from the other shows, but it, it, it definitely didn't have me as enthusiastic by the end as it did in the very beginning. Same, same. Everybody needs a sidekick. <laughs> Apparently, or four if you're on the CW. Yeah. So, uh, all right then. So, I guess this officially concludes our our very very first episode. And for those that are are listening, thank you. Um, you know, we definitely hope to uh, to give you guys a bit more of us and a bit more on the nostalgia take. I know, Davo, you are um, anxiously awaiting us to talk about soundtracks, movie soundtracks. Uh, and we will certainly get to that topic uh, sooner, if not, uh, well, yeah, super soon. Um, but, uh, you know, again, uh, already appreciative of the people that have supported us um, before we even started this initiative again. And I know we called them out in the beginning, but again, a big thank you to you guys. And, um, you know, we hope to uh, to continue to give you guys some, some great, great listening uh, stuff wherever you might be, uh, pop culture, you know, nostalgia talk on this awesome podcast, the Fanboy Garage. And uh, Chris, you want to take us out? Yeah. So, um, you know, and if you have, uh, as we get more interactive uh, with this show on Twitter and, and other avenues, uh, feel free to send us ideas on topics and, and you know, we'll, we'll be wide ranging. So, you know, don't hold back. Uh, if it's something that we have any knowledge of, uh, we will be more than happy to, uh, to address it here on the show. Uh, or do research. Or do, or do research, whichever. And since we are not on the Sci-Fi Channel, we will have a second episode. So that's a positive. So, so uh, with that, uh, thanks for listening. I'm Chris. That's Aaron. And uh, we will see you the next time. All right.